I found myself walking throughout New York City as we've been doing for a lot of these days now where, you know, got to sell booze into these bars and restaurants. And I can't help but notice all of these outdoor vestibules that are throughout the street. And some some of them, them, some of them are nicer than others, but they're definitely everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's a way to say it. Like, some of them are nicer than others, exactly. (laughs) And I found myself just looking at, like, a couple empty ones, and I said, man, these look miserable when nobody's sitting outside. Were you you looking at the ones that are just, like, a plywood box with some, like, plexiglass plexiglass windows stuck in there? No, this was, like, a fairly nice... Can we just keep calling it a vestibule, or is that... No, I think that's the wrong... I think that's the wrong term. All right, well, whatever we settle on throughout the show, we'll call it. But at the end of the day, I said... Man, these things are empty, and they look miserable when they're empty. And sure enough, I, I, I then realized that we're, like, in the middle of winter in New York City, so it's, yeah. nobody's hanging out. No, I've seen some really nice outside setups with, like, 50-inch flat-screen TVs and space heaters and, like, closed doors that lock. Like, um, Wolfgang's Steakhouse, they have a really nice one out there where you're in, like, a little private cabin, essentially, while you eat your dinner. 50-inch TVs. It's like, yeah. get your reservation now for your sports activities outdoor. Bring your party, bachelor party. Dude, you walk you walk up Park Avenue on a Sunday night um, well, during the football season. You see all these bars packed outside with people watching TV, and it looks like a place to hang out. Uh, there's a place in the city called Ray's. It's cocktails and beer, and it's a, it's a fun little spot. It's almost like that 70s show intentionally where, like, the entire decor in the inside is that. They have a downstairs party room that has shag rug and whatnot. That sounds cozy. But they started building out their outdoor vestibules, and they have them completely shut, and it looks like you're just, like, in a 70s little cabin on the inside, too. So it's, like, outdoor, indoor. Yeah. Indoors, outdoors. Full on heaters. Did they put the shag rug outdoors also? No, there was no shag rug outdoors. Probably a good idea. It smelled, <laughs> it smelled like there was a shag rug outdoors, though, you know? So imagine what it would smell like if there was a shag rug. Yeah. So uh, that's what we're talking to you about today, right? Like, we're talking about all this outdoor seating. And then Noom said something crazy to me about there's a difference. It's not just like outdoor seating. No, I mean, so there's sidewalk dining, there's patio dining. I'm, all of them fall into the realm of outdoor dining, but there's different setups based on the area that it's set up in. I think it's what we're used to, quote unquote, what we're used to, versus what are the new, the new outdoor spaces we've been using in the last two years. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. Traditional sidewalk cafe that's like connected to your store, without having to walk across. You're not sitting in a street. You're on a sidewalk, and now we have actually in the street dining where the diner and the cars are separated by like a giant large cinder block in some cases. Yeah. So if you've got this outdoor seating space, you're gonna want to hear this episode today. It's waiting on fries that you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Waiting on fries, we're here. Is that what you just said? No, no, that's not what I was going to say. I was hyped. You were hyped. Yeah, we we got it all in order. We got it all figured out. Shrinking the shows down to two a month for now, right? That way we could concentrate and go a little bit deeper into some of these things that we're about to talk about. We're going content over uh, quantity. Yeah, quality. Yay. Everything matters. Quality over Let's go. 
But in talking about the patio outdoor seating, like I said, walking around the city and seeing all these different places that sometimes are super full with people because they are really dragging bodies in with just like seeing what is being presented to them. As opposed to what you also said, hey, was it just a cardboard box with some yeah. patio table chairs? There's nothing worse than walking by and seeing like a partially set up half-assed attempt at like, you know, making an outdoor space. Especially if you walk by during service and the tables are empty, there's no silverware setups. It just it doesn't look like it's open. You know, you maybe don't even know that they're actually operating. Right. People attract people. So if you're walking through something that looks lively, you're going to say, hey, this maybe is something I want to do. Yeah. What am I missing out on? What, what is everybody here for? If you're walking through something that's quiet and desolate, doesn't look like you're missing much. No. That's the old bar adage. Bodies bring bodies. Like, nobody just walks in when things are empty. Nobody wants to be the first person in the party. It's why fashionably late's even a phrase. I know a few people who would like to be the first person in the party. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the people that are the first people to board an airplane. Yeah. Yeah, where are you going? We're just sitting here. We're not going anywhere. But your point, too, though, where, yeah, some of these boxes where, you know, we just said... It was a sad attempt. Like, think about, like, places like pizza shops or something. They're not investing into having this whole outdoor area with a candlelight in the middle of it or something. You know, they don't well, do that. They know their market, and they know their market's coming in for a slice or a pie, and they're just going to be in and out. You know? Yeah, and they slap a plastic table outside that's super flimsy. Like, yo, one pound too heavy, and you're knocking that thing down. <laughs> I, I think there's a clear separation, though, between business mindsets right you have the businesses that see this opportunity for the outside as an extension of their inside of the restaurant yeah and then you have the other businesses that see this outside as just an obligation an obligation or something they have to do because everybody else is doing it yeah and the transition in the last two years has been real i think the first year we did this it was it was an obligation or out of a necessity yeah, because where, you needed to increase your dining room space to yeah, continue making money. You can't go inside, so we have to go outside. So there was a level of forgiveness if it wasn't an exact extension of your restaurant. But now we're three three seasons into it at yep. this point. <laughs> no, <laughs> I see what you did there. We're three, we're three seasons into it, and you know that that landscape has changed. You, yeah, you have some to start, people have like gone all out in creating these really nice, warm, inviting environments outside right and you do have the opportunity for your guests to come inside the restaurant as well as your traditional sidewalk cafe and now you have this added opportunity it should still be an extension of the of the restaurant the same way you feel well now we're at that point though too where you're so right in what you're saying is that at at first it was just hey it's necessity but now it's becoming a standard practice of what people expect when they're out in the streets and trying to figure out where they're going to go out to eat like they're paying for a pricey meal because everything's super expensive right now, right? In general, and it's not going to go back. We're here. We're here at the prices that we're here at, and nothing ever gets cheaper. You ever see your rent go back down all of a sudden? No. No, exactly. <laughs> so I, a lot of people it might, now it might, it might come a little bit back down, but it won't go back to where oh, it was. No, they're going to hit you somewhere, though. Uh, but with, with that said, though, too, is yes, People are looking for these inviting areas and they're saying, all right, summer's around the corner. Should I go to this place or should I not go to this place? And it's usually based upon how intriguing it looks to walk in. So what I saw when I was walking through the streets the other day was I saw two distinct different styles of places. And some of these places had zero setups on the table and it looked like like a ghost town existed kind of. And sure, it was like pre-lunch time by a little bit also. 
But then I walked by another place that had full table set up, linen, fork, knife, plates, all water glass as well, which like a wine glass, stem glass, whatever. And it turned upside down, of course, because it's outdoors and there's dust particles and whatnot flying around. But I said to myself, man, these are two distinct different styles of like running a place. And there's one guy on one hand that says, hey, we're inviting as many people in as possible because we're ready for them. We're set up for them. We're going to do whatever they need and we're going to give them a great time. And then there's this other place, too, that had nothing on the tables and it was just straight table and chair. And it looked naked. It looked uninviting. It didn't really look like I wanted to bring my money there to spend. I would have gone somewhere else. I can see both sides of that. But I mean, I think to have your tables not set up is a little bit less inviting. But then on the other side, you know, maybe people don't want to sit down at a table where the glasses and the plateware and the flatware have just been sitting outside left to the environment and left to you know, whatever's floating around and passing by down the street. You know, you got cars driving by. Who wants that exhaust on their glass See, or their plate? I've always been in the belief, both with the outside tables and even if you go to the bar, like anything like that, take out whatever we're operating. I've always been under the belief that we need to set up like it's Saturday night, like we're going to be busy. Yeah. Hit the ground like running. We're ready to be hit on all sides of the, like, I don't care if it's Tuesday night, Monday night, whatever. Let's set up like that because that... Um, attitude kind of transitions to your guests. If you're set up for a Tuesday night and it's slow, guess what? Probably going to be slow. But if you set up like, no, this is a busy restaurant. We're going to be busy. It doesn't matter if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. We're going to be busy. You set up like that and it it breeds that attitude through your bartenders, through your servers. The guests feel it yeah. You're ready to go all the time. You can you can tell when you walk into a restaurant where the people are enthused and excited to be there versus like, oh man, another slow 100%. Tuesday night. I'm not going to make you any money. I don't really going, care about this. Oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. You know, like, I just can't wait to get out of here. Whatever. I'm not going to make any money. Yeah. Just exactly what you said. I think that transitions to the outside as well. For sure. I do get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I can see both sides of it easily. And I mean, maybe it's part of your steps of service that as soon as somebody walks in or as soon as somebody's showing interest in sitting down, got a server there running plates out to them so they know it's fresh and clean and they don't have to worry about it yeah i think what you have to do is at least make it look like you're ready to go make it look like you're ready for service outside right it doesn't necessarily have to have silverware plates glasses water everything yeah but it should have some type of core set up that makes the table look inviting yeah yeah maybe just menus or you know menus can blow away like a table tent though looks a little bit too empty where it's just a table tent where it's like Oh, cool. You printed a flyer and threw it on your table. Cool. Yeah. I'm coming to that. So then what do you think would be your bare minimum requirements for a table? Uh, but that's kind of the question. Are we yeah, wrong? So that is the question. Is this group, I think we're all on the same kind of page where we think something needs to be set up. Yeah. Is this group wrong in their ideas of that? Or is there just a different way to run a bar too or a Obviously, restaurant? Obviously, there's multiple ways to get it done. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't think it's wrong not to have anything out there, but it certainly, I think, lowers your percentage chances of getting people into the door where you want to fill seats faster. How many times do you get turnover? Sorry. Maybe it could be done just with lighting or something in that effect. Sure. The chairs are are angled a certain way that looks like we we angle the chairs at the bar. Right. Maybe angled that way so it looks like an open section. Yeah. And also... Just having a staff present, you know, yeah. or somebody there to, to greet you. I know that makes it hard. Diff- it's difficult in our area in winter to say someone, hey, stand, <laughs> stand out there. Stand outside by the door. For the random person. What's, what's the job what? role that I'm looking for? I, oh, I responded to the stand outside in the cold <laughs> position that you have. I mean, but once we hit, we're hitting the season now. It's, you know, spring, 
spring, summer, that's the season you have to start getting ready for. That plane that I was just referencing when I went down to Tampa, obviously it's a different weather, but they are all geared for what you walk down the street, there is somebody in front of every restaurant, you walk down and they say, hey, how are you doing? Or whatever their phrase is that they say to each person, it makes you look up. It makes you look at the table they have outside. It makes you look at the restaurant that they're in front of. You know, those are the kind of things that you have to start focusing on. Uh, I, I definitely agree when you said lighting as well. Uh, there was a bar I was in, and it's one of the top bars in the world called The Clumsies, and it's in Athens. And they have a light that comes down right over their, their well where the bartenders are preparing the drinks. And it's a very tight focused light that just goes right on top of the well area where you put the drink and with that being said it makes the drink look so wonderful even as it's like being made right so something like that could even go over these tables to create this nighttime spotlight that kind of comes down where it's not overbearing because it's kind of in the center of the table only you're not necessarily like looking up at it where you're getting a blinder on you by any are you talking about outside or inside saying outside i think that'll be one hell of a setup to I'm Put saying interesting lights lighting. over each table. Oh, you should see some of these places. They're intricate as hell. Um, I have a buddy that works at major food groups. That's Carbone. And, and I got a buddy at Carbone, too. So he, at some point, was posting things to Instagram, uh, stories that they were producing in tandem with American Express, an outdoor like trolley car seating. And there's some serious money put behind this thing. So uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too, but uh, some of these creations that people are starting to get to are saying, hey, this might be here for a while and let's really put the money behind it. I mean, it's obviously hard for any business owner to say, all right, well, now I have to invest thousands of dollars into this outdoor area all in one jump, which is going to cost me, as opposed to being able to like spread costs out. Especially if you don't know how long that outdoor area is going to last, whether or not it's going to become a permanent structure or... Whether it will just be a seasonal structure. I think the key there is really understanding what your cost is for the whole season and what you're doing with it. Because, and we'll talk about this later when we get into the municipality stuff, and et cetera, but the idea has to break down into what's your square foot cost for the outdoor space, right? At this point, it's in addition to our restaurant. It's not our only option like it, right. was, like it was when this whole thing started. Now we're adding to our restaurant space. If you have a 1,000-square-foot restaurant, now you have a 1,500-square-foot restaurant. You don't have a 1,000-square-foot restaurant with street dining. You have a 1,500-square-foot restaurant. Correct. Right? And what you have to do is add that. If we're going to build it out, what does that make our square-foot cost? Add it to your rent. Right? If you're paying $42 a square foot for rent and building out this outdoor space where you get 50% more um, usage, of the floor, you get 50% more seats and it costs you eight bucks a square foot for the season. That brings your total square foot price of $50 a square foot for the month. That's, that's your rent now, right. even though it doesn't feel like that's essentially your rent. If it's worth it for you to pay $42 a square foot inside, why is it not worth it to put in nine, dollars 10 $12 a square foot outside? Yeah. Because it's a cheaper cost to double your because space. It's a, exactly. But we're not, I think the problem is you see a lot of guys look at it as, oh, I got to pay, I got to pay the fee for a street dining or I have to put in this extra money, et cetera. And you're not looking at the, at the return. The way I look at it, where one of our locations is and we have to add the street dining, we're going to have to pay uh, the meter space this year. Right. Right. And then 
we're going to have to put some money in to make it an inviting area because if we're going to pay for the space, you might as well make it nice. It's got to have people in it. You have, yeah. have to, you have to have guests in seats. That's the name of the game. If you're not going to put guests in seats, why did you even set it up? So we break it down is now it's $7 a square foot just to rent the space. It's going to cost us another 4 5 $6 a square foot to build it out nice, right? So that it's going to add our cost to $12, $13, $14 a square foot. We can't look at that as something we have to pay. We have to look at that as we just leased on another part of the restaurant. Right. At, a, at 25% of what we're paying for the inside of the restaurant. So we just got the space at a giant discount. You got it at a discount, yeah. but you have to make it work. Right. That's the effort they have to put in. I don't think... I don't think a lot of restaurants look at it that way. They look at it as a hassle instead of an opportunity. Yeah, oh, charging me for a lot more now. You got to pay this and pay this. Exactly. Just give me the outdoor space. I, I think that balancing your books, firstly, is a skill also, right? Like, not everybody does this well. They don't see where the money's coming from or where the money's going, and they don't do breakdowns repeatedly to see how their finances are in check. Like, what's your fixed costs, right? You know what they are every month for the most part. And what are your kind of standard sales that you typically see? And like, don't inflate them, probably underestimate them typically to try to figure out even if it's worth to put the outdoor space. Like, are you doing enough business though also? It's exactly my next point that I wanted to get into is you have two years of data of what you did outside. If you can't fill the inside, you can't fill the outside, right? Like 100%. And you have, like, like I just said, you have two years of data from street dining now, hopefully, that you collected, right? And you should know what revenue you did on the street versus inside. If you're not doing, if, if that square foot price of what it costs to put you outside is not seven, eight, nine percent of the revenue that it's bringing in, it's probably not worth it for you to, to, to go focus into on that extra yeah. money. But if, it, if it's like five percent or something to that tune, or in the eight, nine, 10, and 12 percent, why is it not worth it? You, you should be going after this. But to further your point, if you're not feeling inside, you should probably focus on that first before you're hitting outside. I, ironically, there's some guys that do zero business inside and they make all their money on the outside in the summer and that's it. And that's, an, again, another way to eat the Reese's of running a business too, where it's like, what have you set your place up to do? And if people are only known to come to you for the outside, in the winter, you're just getting killed, kind of, aren't you? You have to make that money go across. And think about seasonal places, too. Like, uh, Long Island has the Nautical Mile, where it's just a mile of outdoor strip bars. And, like, I got to work out there one year. And sure enough, in the wintertime, they just, like, shut the entire outdoors. Some places closed down entirely. And Yeah, but, I mean, it's specific to that area. Those are their business models. They go into it knowing, like, we have our season to just crush it and make money. Totally. And then, you know, we're slowing down for Well, they still pay the lease, though, for the rest of the year anyway. Yeah. So all that needs to be broken down appropriately when you're looking at your sheets in general. And some things do kind of create an average, right? Like, for instance, take cocktail garnish with the limes lime prices are through the roof right now but we're not raising the prices on our lime bags for anybody we're just absorbing the cost because we want to keep on growing the business and you're not just going to win everywhere all the time so that's kind of the question is like do you add on this outdoor square footage that will only cost you 25 percent more have you balanced your books appropriately to the point where you can handle paying the extra because you have enough business coming into your place otherwise you're just throwing a hail mary to say, hey, can we get more business if I set up outdoor seating? Which isn't always the thing. Like there's places that are just like, I walk through the city too every day. And when I look at the places that are not full on the inside, but there's people sitting outside, I'm like, well, is the inside just not inviting where everyone just wants to be outside? 
Perhaps. It's a, it's a question. I think guests can feel that too. And if you're throwing a Hail Mary, I think they might take a pass on it. See, I Sometimes. Did that. See, I did that again. Take yeah. a pass on it. Yeah. Hail football. Mary, pass. I just know what a Hail Mary is, and you well, turned it into a football reference. If you're, if you're throwing a Hail Mary and you're not com- committed to it and you're not putting in the effort, the guests are not going to receive it as well. We put up that. It's twice. We put up that. <laughs> that one was unintentional. <laughs> we put up that IG poll that asked everybody, you know, would they, how they felt about walking by a restaurant that was set up or not set up. That IG poll, by the way, was on the at Waiting on Fries podcast Instagram account. Exactly. It's in, IG is Instagram for those that are not there yet. For those we, uncultured. We, <laughs> it's going to be TikTok pretty soon, but either way. We, we put up two parts of that poll. The first one was, how does it make you feel? And the overwhelming majority, like 88, 90% said, made the restaurant feel like it was ready to go. It was an inviting um, it was an inviting atmosphere. The other 12% said, looks like they don't care. Yeah. So 88% right? of people were like, yes, it we need, makes the we place need the feel inviting. Yeah. And then the follow-up was, would you still sit down at a place that wasn't set up, or would you keep walking to find another spot? And that was a little closer. It was 57% said they would still sit down, versus the 40, 43% said they would find another spot that's open. That just means that the restaurant's doing something well in some other area to attract people that they're willing to, you know, either wait for a space to be set up for them or they're just yeah. like, I'm here for this, if whatever the, it is. If the pollsters weren't looking at it as like just a generality of restaurants from, you know, a middle ground standpoint and they were thinking about their favorite places, they'd be like, yeah, I'd wait and sit. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's not your favorite place and you're just like walking around aimlessly looking for a spot, one looks set up and one doesn't, you're going to go with the one that looks set up, I think. Yeah. But, and I got news for you on that poll, too. It might sound like, hey, the overwhelming majority would still sit down, so it's not a loss. Yeah. But if you really want to look at it, 43% <laughs> of people that walk by your restaurant went somewhere else. Yeah. That's the number to look at. Yeah, correct. Right? Who cares that 57% decided to give you a chance even though you didn't care? Yeah. That's right? four out of 10 people were like, no, I'm not yeah, coming back. Yeah, four out of 10 people just said, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Can you really afford for 43% of the people that walk by your restaurant to not come in? <laughs> That's I a hope high percentage can. of I'll pass. Yeah. So, like, uh, listen, we, we already said kind of this argument, too, where you set your tables indoors. Why wouldn't you set them outdoors also? Just because of, I don't know, things in the air? You feel like it's dirty or whatnot? I mean, depending on what season it is and where the restaurant is, like your actual physical location, there could be, you know, pests. There could be reasons that you don't want to set up your stuff. The, like the natural problems in nature of like the flies, the bees, the bees, the wind, and the bee. We're not getting rid of the bees. Oh, Who man. wants to sit down at a table that's like covered in bees? You know, that bee least, season in August at the end. Is, it's it's oh man, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. terrible, <laughs> and it's so hard to control. How how do you control nature? How everybody has their little hacks. I've seen. What's what's the best one you think you've seen? You know, the most. I don't know if it's the best one. The most frequent one I've seen is the cup with honey or some type of sugar <laughs> yep. with a lid on it and push through on the top yep. so that the bees will go in and eat the honey and then get st- stuck in the cup. Yeah. They actually specifically really like the Antica Formula Carpano Vermouth. They love that <laughs> Good to know. one. Shameless pour. <laughs> pour as much of it in that cup as you can. Put that high-end vermouth in a, in a plastic cup and the throw bees it know, The bees know what they're doing, all right? They're only going for the good stuff. They're only going for the good stuff. I was actually talking about that last week, and my wife had an interesting suggestion. What? And she said, why don't you put some carnivorous plants outside, like a Venus flytrap? Or yeah. there was another one. This gets technical. I don't remember the name of the other one. But she said, I don't know if a Venus flytrap Venus fly would work because 
they don't eat as frequently. Yeah. They'll eat a fly and that's it for like a day. Yeah. Wow. So I, I've had Venus fly traps. They're very delicate, but they do control pests. Like you've had it like it was like a dog. Like I've had a Venus fly yeah. trap. I've had a yeah. Venus fly trap. There's apparently another um, more sticky venom uh, carnivorous plant yeah. that just stays open all the time. Okay. And it tracks a multitude of flies and insects. <laughs> and then just like every once a day, just closes up and brings it all in that's a cool idea i've never thought coming, about that coming to smokehouse outdoor this summer yeah a whole arsenal of venus fly traps <laughs> in the outdoor seating vestibule you can I get them it, on amazon it's a i cool think it idea. could look cool it would look cool if, cool looking you know, plant i mean we're a meat meat eating restaurant why not have some <laughs> why not have some meat eating plants? plants regardless of the pest situation and the things that are outside of your control such as the bugs it's still important to be able to give the best service ever inside or outside correct otherwise nobody's coming back yeah. When you're talking about setting up tables, why we do it inside versus why do we do it outside, steps is a big thing that we're trying to save. So we have to think about if we're going to extend the restaurant to the outside, we should also extend the service stations to the outside. All the things that the outdoor servers are going to need that they're going to have to walk through the entire restaurant all the way to the main part. That should, doesn't make sense. Should be extended outside. outside. Yeah. We talked about steps in designing the restaurant with Rocco early on. It's one of of the biggest issues that you see nonstop every summer. This area is not set up properly. Correct. Uh, Nobody ever thinks about shaving seconds because they think seconds don't matter. At the end of the day, the seconds matter everything. Multiply the seconds versus your entire staff that's saving those seconds. Like now you've got extra time. Because if you lean in, you could be cleaning. Always be cleaning. Always (laughs) be cleaning. You got time to lean. You got time to lean. Totally. So... uh, Correct. And we're going to see a lot more of this, I think, as now outdoor areas become a lot more intricate and they do become more of an official piece of businesses going forward, at least, we think, where all these investments are happening into having these outdoor places that are nice. So put an actual spot for a wait station, right? What goes into a a wait station? A full station, not just straws and menus, right? Uh, Everything that they might need outside (laughs) of the food that's going to be carried out of the kitchen. You mean not the tray, not the tray holder that you just slap a a tray on top of? That needs to be there as well. You should invest in a solid cart. Thunder Group makes some great ones, not sponsored on that, (laughs) right? But you need a busing station, more than one bus tub. You need one, at least one bus tub and one for when that bus tub gets full. Yep. So you can continue the rotation. You need the silverware. You need the napkins. You need whatever goes on the new table. So when you clean a table, you can quickly reset the You table. also need cleaning supplies so you can clean the tables you and need, any other areas that supplies. get dirty. You need garbages. You need a host outside, not inside. You Dude, need- but what about, like, this is the other problem, too, the computers. Because they're inside. They're not outside. This Whoa. was, and I state was, a problem. But there's new technology today. We've invested, and that was one of the things we went after in the big two-year change, is this outdoor thing is going to be a thing every year. We need to make this quicker outside. And now we have a new POS system that allows us, that has the hardware to do so. So they have the handheld tablets, fits in the server's pocket. We can do literally everything at the table, present the check, take the payment, whether it's cash or card, you do it right there. The customer or the guest can sign it put all the information they need, take their card back, digital receipts, it's clean. You don't even have to, can, I, can we get our check? Sure. Pull it out of your pocket. Correct. That's perfect. It to that them. shaves minutes off the transaction, minutes, not seconds. Not seconds. Yeah. And the other thing Literally too is, five minutes. Yeah. I need my receipt paper though, because I'm a physical person. Like I, I need to feel it. It needs to be there in front of me or it doesn't exist. I'll get lost in the email. 
Okay. But these things you could just also be like, or you could print out your receipt and I'll go get it from the inside. And what's the percentage of people that actually need the printout? Well, we have Wi-Fi Two. printers also, <laughs> and you can set up a Wi-Fi printer outside with your 50 screen, 50 inch screen TVs and heats. Just plug in a Wi-Fi printer, and you can have that for those guests that need to have paper in their hand. Unbelievable. Are you disappointed in your POS system? Are you looking for a new POS? Well, we were too. We struggled with the idea of having to transition through getting a new POS system, moving all our merchant card processing, the gift cards, all that information. And then we realized we didn't own our customer data. We ran into hardware limitations that didn't allow us to scale how we wanted to. And it didn't give us automated functions to increase the guest engagements that we wanted to go after. So what'd you do? What'd you do? We pushed through, we made the switch to Toast. Check the show notes on our Instagram at Waiting on Fries Podcast for our link that will get you $500 back when you make the switch to a POS that works for you. Wow, right back in the pocket. Wow. Love it. But honestly, you do use Toast here. We do use Toast. See? 100%. It's not even like a, a, it's not even a fraudulent ad. It's like it just actually uses Toast in here and has is, made the switch. This is an actual customer review. An actual customer review for toast so actually leading into that is great too because you know the system by now you've used the system by now and the handheld piece has been working great you haven't had any issues you have a pretty sizable place here how many square feet uh this one is 3700 square feet the other one's 2200 square feet so front to back three or four of those handheld things all over the place and just like i said when we're going outside or we're going around the restaurant saves minutes off the transaction it was it was difficult to cut ties and switch, but in the end, it's, it was worth it. Cause you got to do what's right for you. Yeah. We're operating better, we're quicker, and to be honest with those handhelds, we're capturing all that customer data that we weren't capturing before. Literally, you pay with your credit card, I'm calling you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I made a stop over to Blind Pig, which we, we had the boys James and Deno on the episode early on, and uh, I went in for our cocktail garnish holiday party. And we sat down in the corner, and James had his little strap around his shoulder, and he had the whole pad on him. And he said, what are we going to do today? And I just rattled some things off, and he goes, mm, okay. Brought up the pad, just threw it all in, and then walked away. And I said, man, that was easy. Super convenient. Yeah, I mean, we're in big technology time now. You know, it improves fire times, too, especially when we're going outdoors to just to pile on the outdoor, um, being ready outdoors conversation. Yeah. If you can't get the order in from the table outside, and you're adding one, two, three minutes to the time that the kitchen actually gets a ticket. Yep. And we go from a 15-minute fire time, and now it's 18, 19 minutes. You got to remember, as soon as the guest tells you what they want, they're they're waiting for clock their food. Yeah, clock's on. Yeah. They don't care that you had to walk, you know, wherever you had to walk or do whatever you had to do. It's, and this also makes it easier to um, not have the servers stacking tables because they don't have to go to the one POS terminal and enter three or four tables. Yeah. You just do it on the spot. Literally, while they're at the table, the order is going into the kitchen. Less um, errors of forgot what they ordered because yeah. <laughs> you just you put it right there. Yep. And you can also input what you need to input into the tablet. So if you have a special for the night... Mm. Or you have a dish description that maybe is intricate. I, I see where you're going, and it doesn't have to be a special. You can input all the ingredient information for any dish on the menu. So if any allergy, exactly. something comes up, you can reference that data right there and have the correct answer for the guest. So, but now this is the thing, right? Because now we're talking about now investing in switching and investing in outdoor computer pieces where you don't have to come in. We're saying outdoor is going to be here to stay, and it's still kind of questionable too because we don't know that for sure because there's still a lot of legislation saying hey, 
city. We know that you want your parking meters back so that way you can make a killing on people that don't pay them tickets, right? Like, True. yo, go look right under my visor in the Jeep. There's like a gaggle of tickets. Um, we haven't decided how much a gaggle is. It's, it's on in you. my backpack too. Yeah. <laughs> it, right? They yeah. just like go somewhere and eventually you pay them. Sometimes they double. And then you get envelopes at your house with penalties. Correct. And I try not to pay them to the last minute because if I die tomorrow, oh, you're not getting my money, you know? Uh, but I with like that, the way you think. With that said though, I almost thought where these, I guess the legislation is going here was in the wrong spot because I said, what do you mean the Department of Transportation is the ones that are fielding this? Yeah, but like, I mean... Don't you guys do buses and trains and shit? Exactly, and we're talking about encroaching on the space where buses and taxis and cars move around in the city to create dining room space, essentially. So it should be the Department of Transportation who's regulating it and deciding whether or not there still is enough space for transportation to occur. If you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Whatever we're doing now is happening on the street. It's happening in the streets, and that's their, and that their realm. The DOT. <laughs> what people don't realize is that the logistics that municipalities have to kind of juggle with all this stuff going out on the street is a, it's a bit of an issue. Yeah. You think have about to figure out garbage. Trash collection, deliveries, incoming and outgoing trucks, that sort of thing. Like, right. That's the daily thing. You have public transportation, buses, et cetera. Taxi lanes, bus lanes, bike lanes, all that stuff is now being used as dining room space. And especially in cities where that street space is already pretty narrow, we just narrowed it by another like 12 feet. Yep. Right? So all that has to be thought of when we're routing things, when we're doing times for all this stuff to go through. If you ever walk through New York City in the middle of the night, you see all the garbage that's (laughs) on the street, right? And we have to get... Department of Sanitation out there at an appropriate time to get it off. And now we're adding restaurants literally eating on the streets, right? This, these are all things that have to be routed and, and yeah. taken care of from the municipal level. Then to add on to that, you also have to think about emergency pathways. Yep. If, if God forbid, there's a fire in one of the buildings that the restaurants are in front of, how do the fire trucks get in and out of said spaces if, if there's, now a, there's a restaurant built on the street where the fire truck would have parked right right or where's the fire hydrant how do they get to the fire hydrant if the police got to get through where do they go through how do they get in and out so these are all things that everything i just mentioned is a vehicle of some sort and right. that falls into the department of transportation yeah and they even they say they're they're essentially about us on their dating profile is the DOT provides the safe, efficient, and environmentally responsible movement of people and goods in New York City. There was no, like, I love tacos under there or anything. That was it. But, yeah, no, you're right. And uh, the fight here is going to be, hey, do we want revenue from parking tickets back? Because it's not the meters. They don't care about the payment on the meters. Like, it makes money, right? But the, don't they make all their money on the tickets? Dude, I'm sure they make the a city. large portion of money. They make the, the revenue one way or the other. Right. If you want, totally. If you want to, if you want to really talk about it, they make their money on uh, delivery trucks. If you ever notice, for instance, I know for a fact that Cisco pays a million dollars in parking tickets. Yeah. I think <laughs> but they don't pay I the whole ticket. They negotiate the like price that. down. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But their their drivers, they tell them like, just take the ticket, whatever, and that's it's worked into it's worked into their, their operating yeah. costs. Yeah. Like just taking the tickets. But I've been for the last two plus years completely advocate of. Hey, municipality, you need to give the restaurants this space. We need help. We need, you know, we can't afford to pay the meter. You need to do it for free. It needed to be at a discount because 
we need to be generating sales revenue, which is sales tax. It goes back into the municipality in some way. I was a big advocate of that. If you ask me today, I'm on the complete opposite side of that because of two, three major reasons. One, we're open again. Right. We're no longer subject to only being able to service outdoor dining. We're no longer subject to capacity limitations or social distancing or anything like that. We can set up our restaurants normal, right? That's number one. B, like I said, some restaurants put in an effort and some restaurants don't. And the ones that don't are just taking this freebie and saying, like we said, it's an obligation because it's free. I should just probably do it. And then they put a lackluster setup or a garbage setup outside and it brings down the whole community. If you're in a if you're in an avenue or a street that's restaurant and bar heavy and people walk through it to enjoy that atmosphere of let's walk through and see all the restaurants and pick where we're gonna eat or bop from bar to bar to bar and you see three or four shitty setups on the street, it takes down the value of the whole street, it takes down the value of the municipality. And to be honest, it's annoying to me. It's annoying to other restaurants that put into effort. But don't, don't you think that that alternatively drives customers to your business that's setting up your outdoor properly? I think it does initially, but it doesn't help the overall area. You don't so, buy the best house in the shittiest neighborhood. You buy the worst yeah, house exactly. in the most expensive neighborhood. That's exactly correct. So you might get that guest that walks by that one time and we win because we have the best setup and they just walk through six shitty setups and they're like, oh, this place cares. Let's just go here. Yeah. But guess what? They're not getting off on that train stop the next time. They're going to go to another municipality that has a nice setup where you can walk and everybody looks like they're into it. Unless you've converted them into a fan and they're coming back for you specifically. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other conversation, right? But just talking about general, you get a reputation of what's going on there. Fair. With these serious build-outs now, too, the ones that have walls and a ceiling even. And heat. And they're like, you can't break them down easily because they're, they're big and they're the structure that's here. Now, I, I think that one of the problems that we're going to see going forward is they're going to say, hey, these need to be movable. They're going to start being outfitted with wheels in one way or another that could make them move a little bit, like alternate side parking, right? Like you're going to have to move your vestibule across the street so the sweeper could come by, clean everything. You can't do that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't know. These are like things that were being talked about. Those barriers are not going to go on wheels because then it defeats the purpose of the barrier. Yeah. They're supposed to be hard barriers that have something... Hits it. Hits it. It stops it from hitting like a bunch of people. What's it on the bottom of your fridges in here? Yeah, but no, there's not a car that's going to drive into my fridge. <laughs> Don't say that because we've seen, we've seen we do, evidence. It went, through, it went through a building. <laughs> and a lot of tables and other and walls first. tables and other walls. Fair enough. The uh, point is that the municipalities at this point deserve to be compensated, compensated for their space. And it will deter the restaurants that aren't going to put the effort. If you tell me it's ten grand for the season... I'm going to talk about all the things I talked about in the beginning of the show. Work it out to the monthly cost. What's my square foot cost? What do I got to put into it? Run the numbers against the cost. And is it worth it for me to do it? If you tell, I don't know, I don't want to say a name that's yeah. going to like pick on somebody. But if you tell uh, Restaurant X down the street, hey, it's $10,000 for the season. He's like, oh, my God, this is highway robbery. That's crazy. I can't afford this. You guys are crazy. And he's not going to do it. And guess what? His shitty setup is not going to be on the street. I'm with that's the way it should be. I hear you. Listen, if you haven't subscribed yet, go click into Spotify, Shopify, Jesus, same thing. Go hit the Spotify button, subscribe, cha-ching, right? What's the other one? Apple Music, you said? Apple Music. Hit that subscribe button, cha-ching, because we're going to be back in two weeks with another show, and you're going to want to get notified when it comes up, right? Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button, because, you know, algorithm. Algorithm.
Hey guys, I did something kind of uncharacteristic. What'd you do? I got sold on something by a telephone salesman. You Sucker. fell for some sales rep nonsense. I did. I did. Damn. This guy, he called me like every day and just kept bothering me, kept bothering me about Atmosphere TV. That's all it takes? It, he, you know, to be honest, he just kept Wait, on and on and on. Atmosphere TV is the one where they have channels where while you're sitting at the bar, you watch like YouTube video clips of people doing crazy things. Exactly. Okay. And in my mind, all I thought about was bars that used to have things like Jackass or something playing yeah. in and it wasn't the atmosphere that I wanted. But he was consistent and he kept getting me on the phone and he finally said, listen, it's free. We're going to give you an Apple TV to hook up to your TV. I like getting free things. You can get the app for Atmosphere TV on this Apple TV. You put it on. So as long as you stream it for 40 hours a month, it's free. You don't have to pay the charge. So you're saying as long as you leave your TV on for 40 hours a month, it's yeah. free. It's on the TV. It's random. His point was, hey, guests are going to stay at the bar longer because they have more engaging content. I was like, I don't know what content you're going to have that's more engaging, but whatever. I was like, will you stop calling me if I take this thing? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So I said, fine. Send me the, Apple, the Atmosphere TV. It's free, whatever. So I took it. I plugged it into the bar TV. I went through all the channels. Not all of them were for us. There's okay. a variety of channels. Surfing channel, X Games channel, whatever. You can be themed. You can have a TikTok channel where it just plays TikToks all day. Whatever. There's I found, a guy ripping through the waves right now behind me as I turn around and look at which is on right now. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. I found a channel they had called Geeks Who Drink. Okay. Which essentially is a trivia channel. Mm. I put that on there. It's a quiet trivia. It's on the TV the whole time. It rotates through different questions and gives guests 15 seconds to figure out which multiple choice question is the right one. I put it on one of the TVs behind the bar when nothing else is on. Okay. Within a week, I'm telling you, we had groups of people, three or four, sitting there playing trivia with themselves. <laughs> and, and the check averages went up. I call the guy Kevin back. I say, give me another one. I need one. I'm my other room. I need one so that the other people who can't see that TV can see this TV. So you're so, telling me people come here now just to play trivia, but looking at a TV screen that doesn't even have any sound playing. They come here for us. They come here for the food. They come here for the drinks and they come here for the staff, but they stay because they <laughs> have the something trivia. engaging their content. They stay a little bit longer. Okay. It's perfect for when there's not sports or anything else on. Who would you have talking heads talking about Random, whether LeBron James should still be playing or why Tom Brady retired or a little trivia up there that you could play with your friend and, and guess, the, guess the questions. I'm so, in for the trivia. So what are we saying? Send us a message at Waiting on Fries Podcast on Instagram or send us an email at info at waitingonfriespodcast.com yep. and we can get you set up with Atmosphere TV. Just like exactly that. what we're and saying. And at zero cost. Zero cost. Done. Three dollars. Free.